Welcome to It Is Rough Out There, Episode 5 of Season 2. We're calling this episode On Location, Park Safety. We are recording here live at the dog park, so there may be some bloopers and dogs barking along the way. We hope to be informative and entertaining, and we're actually doing this at a good time because there's a Patriots game on right now. So we're not going to have maybe as uh, many dogs barking. (laughs) My name is Kelly. My name is Kim. How are you doing today, Kim? Super. Uh, We had a little bit of a rough night, though, with the wicked thunderstorm. Uh, My dog, Wally's petrified, yet uh, the girls could care less. Um, We also have a new 14-year-old, Toby, who slept soundly through it. And uh, how were your girls last night? Uh, did they did they mind storms? No, mine don't mind storms. We got some great advice early on, and we actually played thunderstorms on YouTube while we fed them when they were puppies, um, fireworks and thunderstorms, so that they really are, they just kind of sleep through it at this point. And, you know, with all these uh, new rescues and COVID puppies, it's, you know, super important that especially if you have company that you're very mindful of your gates and your doors and even using an extra baby gate because we do have and we have quite a few extra dogs out missing over the 24 hours before and after thunderstorms and fireworks. So if your dog is not accustomed to that, you might want to institute some baby gate practices around your home. Those are some good tips there. Because we yeah. don't want to, we don't want our dogs to go on the run, for well, sure. How are you all today? What's up? So we decided to meet at the park and chat about dog park safety, as well as what to do if your dog bites another dog or gets bitten. Uh oh. We also want to chat about first aid and where the nearest hospital is if your pet needs to be seen right away. We are so excited to have Dr. Forbert Kaluba, critical care and emergency veterinarian, back recording with us and to be actually here at the dog park with us for the first. Is this the first time, Forbert? Yes, it is. <gasps> yes, it is. Thank you. So, oh, we got a little dog friend here visiting. Hello. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Uh, Lincoln. Hi, Lincoln. Shout out to Lincoln. <laughs> So, Forbert, uh, tell us how you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing great, and thank you for having me back here. And I enjoy chatting with you guys. Uh, I learn a lot from your podcast as well, uh, so it's just good to be back. Thank you so much for being here with us. So let's jump right in with some excellent tips on how to keep your dog safe at the dog park, or any park for that matter, or as safe as possible. Yes, indeedy. So first off, we want to make sure that your dog arrives at the park on leash. In our town here, there is a leash law, and it can be super dangerous if your dog is off leash on this very busy street. I don't know if you can hear the cars, but they're going by. This is uh, Route uh, 135, which actually is part of the marathon route, and it is very busy. So please make sure that your dog, when they're in the parking lot, is on leash, and as they come up to the park until they get into the double-gated area. It doesn't really matter how well you've trained your dog to be off leash. I know we all work towards that and it does feel like a major accomplishment, but there are places where it's appropriate and here it is not. It's the law. It's and awful things can happen, especially on busy streets. 
We need to remind all owners to make sure that your dog is not also not ill or sick before entering the park. Maybe Forbert can give us some more pointers on that. I know here at the park we've had some kennel cough lately, so. Sure, sure. Uh, the, the biggest thing you want to do is before you go to the park, you want to make sure you look at your dog, make sure they're not coughing, they're not sneezing, they're not having diarrhea, or they're not acting um, out of the ordinary. Um, in terms of coughing, the most common cough that's really contagious to dogs is kennel cough, and uh, um, dogs like to kind of uh, get a sense of each other by sniffing each other, and uh, they can catch it just by just a single sniff at the park. So you want to make sure you keep your dog away from the other dogs you don't know at the same time. You want to make sure that if your dog is sneezing or coughing, you keep them away for at least 10 days um, until the kennel cough uh, is uh, has run through them. Uh, in terms of uh, loose stools or diarrhea, um, we're getting a lot of these at the dog park because um, people don't realize when your dogs should have normal formed stool and uh, every time the stool is not formed there's something wrong with it so you just don't bring them to the park because uh, you don't know what's causing that. Uh, there's a lot of bugs like coccidia, uh, giardia, very common in the environment, lots of worms and uh, uh, also because at the dog park there's puppies there, puppies tend to have worms, so you're risking your, your uh, other people's pets by bringing a sick dog to the dog park. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So we have received, um, like we were just talking about, various reports um, at various times that um, dogs have come to the park and then maybe the owner realizes that the dog is sick later on, um, especially uh, kennel cough. And one of the big things that we find at the dog park is I was here the other day and there are a bunch of balls. I can actually, like, I'm looking right now. Can you see that ball right there? Yeah, I can. Um, and I spoke to a woman today about the... Um, watering can that um, we really shouldn't bring that in because the dogs are actually drinking out of the watering can um, that and we've also seen people that have been bringing in their own water bottles that have like a little bit of a lip on it so that the dogs oh yeah can so drink. it's like a personalized bowl. yeah Those which it's nice um, my dogs have that we they love to go for rides in the car and we have that so we are very um, mindful of how contagious um, kennel cough is and please avoid bringing toys to the park and water bowls make sure that any water that you do bring is um, personalized or we had the woman with the big huge great dane that she put on the bubbler and she the dog was drinking right up to it. the dog was drinking through the fence <laughs> So, uh, so we just remind people of that. Well, and I know that when we come here to do park cleanup, I've seen some very concerning looking poops at the park oh, that yeah. owners didn't pick up. And for sometimes, you know, it's a reason that uh, whether it's a mobility issue or maybe it just kind of snuck up on them. But when I'm picking them up and I see that this dog definitely was not feeling well enough to come to the park. Yeah, we definitely see that when we're picking up poops that some of them don't look so healthy. What do you think of that for, Bart? I know, <laughs> I, know I know, I know. Yeah, um, it's, it's a very important, I think, uh, um, reason why people should always uh, know their dog before they go to the park. You know, most of the diseases dogs get are contagious. They get them somewhere, then they bring them home, then they get sick. Uh, it's only other things that when these guys get older, when they get like uh, liver or kidney disease, but when they're young or you go to the dog park, any kind of sickness your your uh, your pet will face is something that they caught somewhere. Right. So you just want to be cognizant of that. Absolutely. Who's the, Who's this beautiful friend? What's your dog's name? Uh, Neo. Neo. Hey, Neo. Hi, Neo.
<laughs> We're doing a podcast. We're just saying hi. <laughs> Um, so right now we're going to start a game. We're going to play a game called should I or shouldn't I? And we're going to give you, here we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kim's left alone too long. She creates a new game. (laughs) Here we go. These are totally made up by the way. Um, in my brain, my brain. Um, But I love it. I love it. The scenarios are. Do you like them? Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, we're going to read a dog park scenario and, um, we can have anybody that is around us answer, but most of the people are actually in the park having a grand old time. Watching their dogs. Watching their dogs. I especially love this guy watching. He's, he made his dogs sit, and he's releasing oh, that's them into beautiful. the park. That's that Neo. beautiful. Neo is a champion. We love that. We love that. That was excellent gate behavior, right? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So here's the first question. You have a new puppy. And he's adorable. He's four months old. He's super friendly. Is it a good idea to bring him to the dog park? We actually just had this happen this morning, so I'm very anxious to hear this answer. Yeah, what do you think, Forbert? So the answer is no. So <laughs> Thank you. Big no, big no. For a number of reasons. One, uh, your puppy is not fully vaccinated at that point. And two, the immune system, system is not fully developed. Uh, and uh, and so you you don't want to do that because uh, you're risking their health and also you're risking the health of other pets there. So I would wait until your puppy is fully vaccinated. I, I think six months or order is the uh, uh, the minimum age to go to a dog park. Excellent, and that's what we've been telling people. So we've been telling people yeah. the right information. That's and good. It's probably okay if they got together with like a friend oh, yeah. who has a young dog and they are familiar with that dog in a, like a maybe a cleaner environment. Too. Yes, because you you want them to socialize exactly, so you can have this small socializing groups, uh, friends, or things like play dates mm-hmm. uh, or uh, daycare activities. But dog park, there's so much going on until their their immune system is fully developed. I personally don't recommend bringing your dogs. Thank you very much. Um, so the next scenario is your dog isn't really a fan. Ow! <laughs> we have some flies out here. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Um, your dog isn't really a fan of other dogs and only the dogs she knows personally. So she has a group of, of dogs that she likes, but she doesn't like most dogs. Should uh, you bring your dog to the dog park? No, actually, um, uh, you have no idea how many accidents or simple fights uh, we see in the ER because uh, um, of dogs that kind of not really, uh, they try to defend themselves because they don't want to socialize with other dogs. Uh, So if your dog doesn't socialize well with everybody else, you want to limit the activity to the dogs that they socialize better with. So you, you, you reduce the risk of that. And uh, it's one of the things I think we really have to work on. And uh, people just want to show their dog, he's cute, and just let him loose. And just don't <laughs> do that. Just uh, uh, um, We've seen like serious accidents happen. Uh, it's just for the, for the safety of your dog and also for the safety of other dogs at the park. I would, um, even my own dog, I don't bring it anywhere uh, because he doesn't socialize well. But he's very good with like three or four dogs in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Those are the friends and I'll right. socialize them for that. Yeah. And and folks, um, if your dog does need a repair after being attacked, it, it can be quite expensive. It can be very costly because a lot goes into um, that type of, of repair. So just be careful. Oh. And unfortunately, should, should that happen to your dog, 
three things you have to do. One is you want to get the information of the other dog. You want to get their rabies status, their vaccine status. Sometimes it's even easier to just ask the clinic they go to because uh, the vet can always get right. that information for you and have it uh, ready. And then the second thing is uh, a no wound um, is too small. Always have it checked because uh, uh, the damage can be simple outside but deeper on the inside. So always have it checked. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that is good to know. Okay. All right, next one. So your dog is enjoying the park and did so for maybe 10 or 20 minutes. Now she keeps staring at you or even barking at you and going to the gate. Should you leave even though you're having fun and chatting with other owners? <laughs> you, came, you came to the park for your dog. If the dog wants to leave, it's you have to, to leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's, absolutely. Absolutely. it's absolutely. time to go. Yeah, we when um, I was here earlier setting up for the podcast, there was this um, this little Frenchie that was that kept coming back over to the gate and was like staring, like trying to stare the owners down. And the owners were talking and everything, and the dog kept coming back over to the gate, like staring at me, like get me get out, out of here, here. I'm done. <laughs> and then the dog started to get tired, and the dog started getting a little antsy and irritated with the and other nippy. dogs and nippy. Yeah. So finally, like you've taught your dog that your dog has to have that behavior in order to get out. Mm. Like my ticket out is going to be barking, growling, or being nippy. So. Get them no, out before. That's how it is. Oh, please make sure you get that gate. Thank you so much. We also have a train here at the dog <laughs> Just to park. add to the madness. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's, the, that's the train. All right. So the next question is, your, or the next scenario is your young child is with you and you don't have a babysitter. Your dog needs to run around and get out some of that bottled up energy. You walk up to the park and read the numerous signs about no children under 10 years allowed. Should you bring your six-year-old child and your dog into the park anyways? That's a big no, big no, no. Thank you. Big no, no. Um, yeah. There's lots of legal reasons why not, because your, your your child could be beat by another dog, and it's, it's a liability to the other people, so no. Yeah, and I don't know, Forbert, if you can tell, but we've got a sign here that says no children under 10 years of age are allowed in this park. Then we have the dog park rules here which a, also stated which also stated we, then we have another whole set of rules inside and then we have another sign that says no children without a parent ages 10 to 15 allowed and no children under 10 allowed in this park ever so um i think that we've covered i think we made it clear signage yep. yeah so that's important well and the nice thing is in natick you can bring your dog to any playground in town mm -hmm. so there is room for your kids to play with your dog which is really all that's appropriate anyways definitely all right so no kids in the park so your dog bit another dog at the park and it's not a bad injury but the dog's ear is bleeding you tell the owner of the bleeding dog it's no big deal it's totally normal at the park take your dog home wash the ear with soap and water and put some neosporin on it the owner of the dog that is has the bleeding dog is concerned. What should the owner of the bleeding dog do? I think the owner of the bleeding dog needs to bring her dog to the vet right away to be checked. It's always important, like I mentioned earlier, no matter how simple the bite is, you want to treat it sooner than later. So all dog bite wounds are infected because there's so much bacteria in the mouth of the dogs. So you, the sooner you can get antibiotics on board or the sooner you can clean up the wound, the quicker things heal, the less complications. Mm -hmm. Excellent. 
that's a that's excellent information. Wow, you guys did really well with this game. It was very <laughs> informative, even with our passing by guests that like to get padded. <laughs> Um, I just want to mention um, that there is a rabies law in Massachusetts, and if your dog bites another dog, it will need to be quarantined for 10 days at home, which means no dog parks, no play dates, no daycare, or the groomer. The dog that was bitten goes to the vet urgent care or the ER to receive treatment. And this isn't to get anybody, per se, into trouble. It's just to watch and make sure that rabies doesn't show up within a 10-day period. Right. So, um, and if you are not able to identify who the biting dog is, it is a 45-day quarantine for the victim. So it's always best, if your dog is bitten, to find out um, what the information is for the biting dog. Yeah. How'd we do with that game? I thought that was fantastic. I learned so much. Now we're getting to my favorite part of this whole podcast. We are? Yeah. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) What? I think Forbert's going to talk to us a little bit about first aid and going to the vet and urgent care, ER care, telehealth care. And are we going to even talk about rabies again? (laughs) We may. I'm so excited. (laughs) Sorry. Couldn't help myself. (laughs) So, um... Maybe you can just go over a little bit of um, like first aid. So say, for instance, you know, we bring our dog to the park, the dog gets bitten and maybe it's not a bad bite. It's, you know, a bleeding ear, for instance. What uh, should an owner do like right away? We used to have um, first aid kits here, but they walked away for Bert. They do, Somebody that. Took them. Yeah. they do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we don't have uh, first aid kits here, um, but what should owners do um, to help before they get to uh, the vet and ER urgent care? So the biggest thing you can do when your pet is bleeding is reduce the amount of blood loss. So whatever you can use to decrease the amount of blood loss to stop the bleeding, you want to do it right away uh, on your way to the vet or just in our or uh, on site when it happens while you're getting the information from about the other dog. Uh, that's number one thing. Number two is uh, keeping it clean. Don't put anything there. Don't put... Um, sh- people put sugar. People put salt. You have no idea what people put that on there. <laughs> really? <laughs> Neosporin. Don't do that until you get to the vet. The cleaner the wound, the easier it is to repair because it's not infected. We can put stitches there for you or drains to make sure things heal well. But don't put anything in there and then uh, lastly make sure that uh, um, the, uh, your pet is breathing fine so sometimes these guys can be uh, they're still in shock after the fight so they could look energetic they could look happy but you look you should look at their gums make sure they're not pale now look at their eyes and uh, you can if you can feel their pulse in between the back legs uh, but those are the things you can just do to just give you more information to provide to the vet when you call them this is what's going on with my pet mm-hmm. yeah. excellent excellent um, so I know that, um, we, you know, we've seen incidents happen actually here. Kelly and I have actually been here when things have happened. And sometimes like the bleeding is a little bit more than the owner, um, can handle because it's a lot, right? So you could tag somebody and say to somebody next to you and say, Hey, listen, I have to take my pet to the ER. Could you please get the information from the biting dog information and, you know, and here's my phone and number. here's my phone number yeah. um, that way it, you're not delaying your pet getting care. You actually can, um, you know, if it's somebody that maybe you've talked to or somebody that you, you know, have been kind of friendly with, um, 
pass that on and give them that duty. And also being sure. a good bystander, be mm-hmm. willing to oh, kind yeah. of sta- step in and mm-hmm. say, I see that your dog is injured. Let me get their, their contact information. Who owns the yellow lab or whatever the dog was? Mm-hmm. And, because then, and also include your own telephone number and your name, because if anything, God forbid, should happen, because I know on occasion it does, where... Um, you know, it has to go a little bit further. They might actually need to hear from an, a, a, like a, I don't want to say a witness, but it is a witness, I guess. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So well, we're going to thank our sponsor. Do you think we should? Ma- oh, yeah. <laughs> we have an Pet, amazing sponsor. Pet VRA telehealth app. Yes. So we love the Pet VRA telehealth app. And when we have a question, like, for instance, we got a new super senior dog uh, who is about 14, and we haven't been able to see our vet yet because they're booking out weeks in advance. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes we don't think it may, may be completely necessary to go to our vet because really nothing much is going on. But Well, it's really not necessary to make a trip to the ER, that's for sure. We can make a video chat appointment with a licensed vet professional so that I can have some peace of mind. And there's, you. there's nothing like peace of mind. Um, sometimes things may not be as bad as we think. Or, you know, maybe they can take a look at a bump or something that we're, we've been worried about. Um, so download the app today for the next time that you might have a question. And we thank our Pet VRA telehealth app folks. Well, so Kim, as the municipal animal inspector, we know that any dog or cat that bites or scratches another pet or human must go under a 10-day quarantine. Why is this? So um, as you can imagine, in Massachusetts and in many other states, I think all across the United States especially, and even in some countries, they're very strict with their um, rabies regulations. But we're just basically talking about Massachusetts today. We watch the biting or scratching animal for 10 days to make sure that rabies does not show up. But if your dog or cat is rabies vaccinated, why would you need to do this? Because isn't that part of their shots? So um, if your dog is up to date on their rabies, that is excellent. However, as with any vaccine, they're not always 100% effective. And maybe for Bert, you can give us a little bit of the uh, scientific background on uh, vaccines. Yeah, yeah. Um, all vaccines are not 100% effective, but they are effective in preventing disease. Uh, the reason why we have uh, um, uh, the booster shots given. In terms of rabies, um, it's a very um, potentially fatal disease, so we take it much more seriously because uh, we cannot. there's no blood test or anything you can do uh, to get more information. So the idea is uh, if you want to have your dog tested for rabies, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, we'll need the brain samples to test that. So And unfortunately, it's not something we do all the time. So because of that, we want you guys to make sure you guys are having the rabies vaccines and boosters. Awesome. Because you can't test the brain material unless the pet is deceased. And we don't need to go into that any further than that. I know that, um, you know, sometimes... Oh, there's the train. (laughs) That it. It goes by so fast. Um, I know that sometimes when I go uh, to see an owner, and I know that we've talked about this, Kelly, that sometimes, you know, owners ask us, you know, can't we do a blood test? And we really can't. It's it's not a thing. 
haven't gotten to that yet. No, that hasn't been developed yet, which it may never be because it's rabies is through the um, the nervous system. Am I am I correct in saying that, Forbert? Correct, correct. Correct. Yeah. So there's no blood test uh, to test for rabies. So that's why we do the 10 day quarantine. And during that time, you're watching your pet for signs uh, that can indicate if they have rabies or not. So you're watching their behavior. Um, you're watching if they're scared of water. You're watching if they're getting paralyzed. You're watching if they're getting aggressive or drooling or things like that. So the things you watch for will indicate whether that your dog has rabies or not. That's what we're doing during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's why we remind all dog, dog owners to make sure their rabies vaccine is current. And I'll go so far as to say cats, too, mm-hmm. since it is Massachusetts law. And we also remind owners to register their dog with the town or city they live. And they will need a rabies vaccine to be licensed. Absolutely. And I also remind owners that have cats that are in-house cats uh, exclusively that we still want them to be rabies vaccinated because sometimes they can get out. Sometimes a bat can get into the house. We always want to make sure that our dogs, cats, and ferrets are rabies vaccinated, no matter what, because it's the law. Huh. That's really neat. I didn't know ferrets. Yeah, ferrets. So, here we are at the dog park, enjoying this lovely time. There is a little bit of a stench of urine, I must say. There was <laughs> all a, that rain last night. All that rain. But um, I don't know, while we were talking, there was a beautiful... Did you see that bird? A great blue heron, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And we have a lot of different um, birds that fly through here that are really cool. So, um, we love this dog park and the scenery and everything, and... We're so happy to be here today and that Forbert could be with us at the park. Well, thank you so much, Forbert, for being here. And, of course, Kim, thank you for keeping us all in order. <laughs> Forbert, do you have any other things that you'd like to uh, no, say? Th- no, thank you, ladies. I appreciate the work you're doing for the community. Um, I think the biggest asset is education. If we educate pet parents well, then we can avoid a lot of things, and you guys are doing a good job. Thank you thank very you. much. And we appreciate you being such a great help in, in making sure that we're on the right track because sometimes I'm not on the right track. <laughs> oh, you are. No. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at itisroughoutthere at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, thank you all for being with us today. And uh, thank you for keeping us out of the doghouse. I thought you were going to say the dog park. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It is rough out there, rough out there, rough out there.